Hello? Okay. I have really bad allergies, so I sniff a lot. So bear with me, all right? Is that cool? Okay. How's everyone doing? Good? It's really quiet. How's everyone doing? Good. Cool, that's better. Um, I just want to tell you guys um, what community is about. Forsaken Podcast, Nate already told you guys, but it's a place where believers from all different churches um, come here, and we love Jesus. We worship Jesus through through song, as you heard, and through prayer, as we just did, and through the teaching of his word and discussion of his word, as we're about to do, and through the fellowship with the food and the beverages afterwards. Um, and for those of you that are here that aren't saved, this is also for you. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, um, he's, an, he's a pretty awesome guy. And uh, um, so we're glad you're here. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by doing just kind of a, a recap um, of what Nate talked about last week. Who knows what Nate talked about last week? Anybody who remembers? Anybody? Oh, yeah, Bibles. Who doesn't have a Bible? We got some Bibles around here. Basically, what Nate talked about last week was being a light to the world, um, not just going to church and then going home, but going to church and going out to the world, being in the world and not of the world, um, uh, and just pursuing Christ, uh, being a disciple as we're called to be. And um, do whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, whatever, whatever, in uh, verse 31 of 1 Corinthians of chapter 10, it says, so, whatever, so whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So that's basically what he talked about. Um, we're doing a series in 1 Corinthians, and it's called Dear Elko. And uh, 1 Corinthians is uh, a letter that Paul wrote to um, the Corinthians in Corinth. Um, in chapter one, he's basically talking about how God's obviously with you. His blessing is upon you. And chapters two through now, where we're at today, is basically Paul telling him to grow up. Um, he remembers what the Corinthians were doing that Paul was basically writing him about. He remembers anybody. Sexual immorality. Worshipping idols, lying, cheating, idolatry, suing each other, suing Christians, um, a brother suing another brother, kind of not cool. Um, and that's within the church, and Paul's like, uh, no, that's not, that's not cool. We're not doing that. And so he's basically rebuking them. And today we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And um, I'm going to I'm going to read chapters 11, 1 through verses 1 through 16, and then I'm going to go verse by verse through it. It was kind of weird um, this week. I was like, "So, Nate, what am I teaching on this week?" And he's like, "I don't know, like authority or something." And I was like, "Okay, cool, authority, awesome." And then I opened it up, said head coverings. I'm like, "What? Who teaches about head coverings anymore?" But it's in the Word of God, and we're gonna I'm going to do my best to teach it. It's kind of a a weird topic um, because, well, you'll find out actually. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading in uh, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 
Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the tradition even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head was shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it's disgraceful for a wife to cut her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but a woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man or man of woman. For as woman was made for man, so man is now born of woman. Now all things are from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that a man that wears long hair is a disgrace, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given for her for a covering. If anyone, if anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the church, churches of God. Kind of confusing. A lot of men and women, man made for women, women for man, all that stuff. Really confusing. So let's uh, just dive into this. Um, first thing that we need to understand in this passage of scripture, what's going on is specifically a cultural thing that is specifically for the, the Corinthian church, and it's going on nowhere else. This is specifically happening in Corinth. And uh, we know this by con comparing Scripture with Scripture. And uh, throughout Scripture, it talks about men having long hair in other parts of the Bible. Women don't have to wear a head covering. So this is specific for the church of Corinth. Um, and if you want to know comparing Scripture with Scripture, if you don't know, if you want to come see me afterwards, I'll give you some places I really don't have time to dive into that or teach about that right now. But just by comparing Scripture to Scripture, we know that this is specifically for the Corinthian church. And some background before we go into this passage. Um, in Corinth, if you stand anywhere in the city of Corinth today, nowadays, if, you, if anybody in here was to go to Corinth, stand anywhere in the city, you will be able to see this mountain outside of the city. It's huge. It's just huge. And on top of this mountain are ruins of where a temple used to be. And in this temple was where um, goddess worship would take place, where um, men and women prostitutes would go in there. And um, you would recognize a prostitute by them having their head shaven. And um, the way you would engage with these prostitutes was to go sleep with them. And by sleeping with them, it would show reverence to different gods, I'm going to have sex with this prostitute, and I'm going to, by doing that, I'm going to worship this God, and I'm going to, and so on and so on, men and women. And the reason Paul's talking about head coverings and shaved heads was because it comes back to the culture. And um, this specifically doesn't apply to us, but the principle applies to us. There's a, there's a principle above all of this that applies to us here and now. And obviously, men have long hair. I'm not going to pass out head coverings for the women tonight, obviously, because it's, it's a cultural thing. But um, let's dive into verse 1, verse by verse. Be imitators of me as I am to Christ. Um, that's pretty, it's kind of a bold statement if you think about it. Um, Paul 
had such a close relationship with Christ that he could say, be imitators of me, follow after me. And in, in a non-prideful like, way, he's saying, do as, do as I do because I follow Christ. And I want you guys to do the same way. I know I couldn't say that. I would never tell you guys, do exactly what I do because I'm cool and I follow Christ. And No. But Paul was strong enough in the Lord, and we should all strive for that. So um, who wants to read verse 2? Anybody? I'm not a pastor, so feed me. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the tradition even as I delivered them to you. What do you think Paul's saying here? Anybody? For sake of podcast, I'll repeat you. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. I think he's saying, um, well, commending somebody is saying good job. Yeah. So I think basically he's saying, you know, I've told you a lot of things and as these letters are going back and forth, I think he's saying you're doing well in the same thing telling me. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I'm writing you letters telling you what to do and you're doing a pretty good job of responding to what I'm telling you to do. And... Um, which is a, a, a huge shocker of where the church has come from and what they've been doing to where they are now. So um, Paul's basically telling him, good job. Um, verse 3. I'll read some of these and we'll just go back and forth. Who wants to read verse 3? For sake of podcast, I'll read it. But I want you to understand, in all of this, whatever Paul is about ready to tell him, I want you to understand this, that the head of every man is Christ. We're going to stop there for a second. He's specifically talking to the men. Men, you are not the ultimate full authority, believe it or not. God is above you, will always be above you, and any authority that you do have, he has given it to you. Um... In the second part, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Wives, um, I can soon relate to this. Um, the head of your household is your husband. He makes the decisions. He is the one that you go to for advice. He is the head of your of your house, just as the head of Christ is God the Father. Um, and it's a thing where can be missed, you know, like understood. I know a lot of times like, yeah, I'm the man of the house. You will listen to me. I'll put my foot down. Um, all that stuff. I've heard all of that. Um, but it's more not of a dictatorship. It's more of a, a servant leadership. Just how Christ was. Christ was God. He came down. He was a servant. He was also a leader of his disciples. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not a dictatorship at, in any, at any point. Um, it's kind of it's kind of cool, like how this kind of ties in to the Trinity. In in the Trinity, there in the Trinity there is an authority structure. God has set up an authority structure in the Trinity. Um, God the Son, um, basically, I guess you could say, is accountable to God the Father, the Spirit to the Son. Um, they have they're the same person, um, one God, but they have different roles. Um, God the Father sent God the Son. God the Son sent the Spirit, and it, it kind of works in the same way. Um, let's go into verse 4. Who wants to read verse 4? Yes, I can read verse 4. Now 
Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. I read that and I was like, oh, what does that mean? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you because it's, 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 I don't know how anyone could guess this, but this is a, back then, um, when, when people would worship pagan gods, when people that were unsaved worshipped pagan gods, um, they would cover their head. The men would. They would cover their head. Um, if the men who wanted to look like women, act like women, talk like women, women, they would cover their head. And so Paul is saying here, if you're a Christian and you're praying or prophesying to God with your head covered, it's, it's dishonoring because it that's exactly what the pagans do. Like, why would you do that? That's dishonoring to God. And the head he's talking about here at the, the last word in verse 4 dishonors his head. The head is referring to God. He dishonors the head, his head, the, uh, the men's authority, which is God. He's dishonoring that. Um, so that's what that means. Um, verse 5, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. Um, I'm going to talk about prophesying if in a minute. I'm going to let you guys see if you guys know what prophesying is. Um, but first, um, I'm going to tell you the second part of what this means. Um, uh, in, th in this verse, there's a lot of the word, a lot of the word head uh, referring to like the head of the household or a literal head. And it's kind of confusing and you don't know what that means. Um, but back then, a woman who had uh, a veil or um, over, her, over her head was a sign to her husband that she was going to be loyal to him. She was covering her head because she would go out in public. Other men would look at her. She's saying, I don't want any part of you. I am married. I am loyal to my husband. I'm not interested. And so that's why they would cover their head. Or uh, long hair is a sign of that. Women wouldn't shave their heads. Um, the prostitutes did that, and um, God didn't want those Christian women to be like the prostitutes, how they would shave their head. And by women prostitutes shaving their head back then, that's how you would know it was a prostitute. So Paul's saying here, um, basically, a head covering for a woman, for women, is good back then. Um, back up to prophesying. Who knows what prophesying is? Anybody? Anybody? If you look throughout Scripture, um, yeah, basically, exactly. And when I was gr growing up, it was kind of weird. I thought prophesying was telling the future, and not ne it's not necessarily always telling the, the future throughout Scripture. It's just proclaiming the wonders of who God is. It's giving the gospel, like Chrissy said. It's not necessarily preaching and telling kings and all these people, the future of what's going to happen. Um, so that's what that is. Uh, verse 6. Who wants to read verse 6? Basically, Paul is saying, women, cover your head. That's it. Basically, it's pretty simple. Um, like I said, it was a sign of respect to your husband. If you covered your head, it shows loyalty, respect. Um, you don't see very many women covering their head today. Obviously, it applies to this culture. Um, verse 7, For a man ought to not cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but a woman 
but women, women is the glory of man. When you read this, like, it's kind of like, when I first read it, it's like, that's kind of degrading to women. Like, men are the glory of God. That's awesome and cool. But women are the glory of man. It's like, what? Who, who knows what that possibly could mean? Anybody? Wow, yeah, that's pretty much it. You pretty much covered it all. Yeah, God created man perfectly in his image. It was a good thing. And then from that, created woman. It was also a good thing. And it's not degrading to women, like David said, it, at all. That's not Paul's point here in any way, shape, or form. In the same way that God created Adam um, as a beautiful, good thing, he did the same with women from Adam's rib. goes back to the Garden of Eden, for sure, definitely. Um, awesome explanation, man. Basically, when you get married, you become one. Exactly. You're no longer two. Yeah. So. Becoming one flesh when you get married. Um, verse 8. Pretty short verse. Who wants to read it? Pretty simple verse. For man was not made from woman, but woman for man. Goes back to the garden. Woman was made from. Adam's rib. Pretty simple. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. I read that and I was like, what does that even mean? Because of the angels? Like, what, how does that even apply? What are you talking about? Who can describe that? I really want to hear some, some stuff about that one. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Who wants to throw I don't care if you're wrong. I do not care. Just go for it. Don't be scared. Come on. I knew you wanted to say something. <laughs> Verse 10, that is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Think about like way back before time began in angels, before God created everything what happened? The Big Bang? Yeah, no. <laughs> Not even close. 
Angels fell from heaven. Satan fell. He took a third of the angels with him because why? They didn't want to listen to the authority of God in any way, shape, or form. And for that, they are forever cursed and are going to spend eternity in hell. And that's basically what it means, saying, God's, in a way, God's saying, women, it's good for you to have authority. Look at the angels. Look what happened to the angels. They didn't want to listen to their authority, and look what happened to them. Women, you're given a husband for a specific reason, and God has brought you two together for a reason. You need to listen to him. You need to follow his lead in the house. And um, that's, that's pretty much what he's saying. Um, it's, not, it's not a thing where we can just pick and choose from Scripture. And like I said earlier, um, this was a cultural thing. But if you look from Genesis to Revelation throughout Scripture, women are supposed to be submissive to man. It's not a thing where women, you can just say, yeah, this is cultural. I can do whatever I want. My husband is an idiot sometimes, and I don't agree with him all the time, and his decisions aren't always wise, and I'm just not going to have to do that all the time. I, I can pick and choose, but you really can't pick and choose out of Scripture because from Genesis to Revelation, it's consistent. Exactly. And it makes it a whole lot easier for the wife to submit when she knows her husband is walking with God. Exactly, exactly. And that's and it's really sad you see a lot of marriages fail because of a submission issue, like pride. And it's it's really sad. And um, we're going to keep going. Well, the scripture that is always coupled with um, a wife submitting to her husband is that a husband should be loving his wife as he loves God. Exactly. For sure. The, I mean, mm -hmm. if you're, <laughs> there's just, there's nothing better than that. Exactly. Like I said in the beginning, a servant type of leadership. A loving God, following after God, pursuing God. And if the husband is taking Jesus in and loving Jesus, what's going to flow out of him? Jesus. So it's important for the wife and husband to have devotions together, to be in church, to be fed together, to study the word together. Um, so there's a lot of things that come with that. It's not just, I'm the husband, you need to listen to me. And a lot of times I think it's funny. I say this a lot. And it's kind of, I guess you could say embarrassing. Like so you have a husband and he wants to like go out and do something. It's like, yeah, I'm the leader. I can do what I want. Let me call my wife first. See what she says. And if it's no, they don't go. Like, a lot of times you see that, like, you are whipped, man. So, you know, it's like, yeah, you're the leader, but you kind of, you're kind of weak. I'm not talking about Nate in any way, shape, or form, but uh, I see that a lot. I think it's funny, and it's probably going to happen to me some someday. I'll figure it out. You need to learn. You just need to learn her weak points. Definitely need, and then attack them. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true, for sure. <laughs> I want to be, like, fed daily by her, so I'm going to probably work with her a little bit. So let's see how that works out. Verse 11. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. Someone said this earlier, David. They're pretty... Men and women are equal. Um, they need each other. 
God made Adam and was like, holy cow, he needs some, some help. He sucks. He needs some help. So he created women. They're equal. They need each other. Like, I mean, look at a lot of the men in marriages now, like trying to change diapers. It just doesn't really work out, you know? So um, you got to, they need each other. And the wife, I'm not degrading, Paul's not degrading women here. They, she has a very key role. And um, they need each other more than, more than ever. So verse, uh, I'm going to go um, 12 to 16. Um, just as a whole. For as woman was made from man, uh, so man is now born of woman. Uh, women have the babies now. And all things are from God. Everything that he's talking about is from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches. Again, cultural. Uh, men having long hair all throughout Scripture. Women not always wearing head coverings. Today, we don't wear head coverings. Um, Paul's just talking about this uh, specific culture here in Corinth. Um, I wanted to jump. This applies to... He's mainly talking about a marriage here and the uh, uh, Christ being the, the ultimate authority. And I just wanted to tell you guys, Christ is your authority above all or not at all. If he's not the authority, you're not going to want to listen to any authorities he's put in power. Um, we, are, we are called to, um, if you're a Christian and if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're saying, I submit to your authority. You are the master of... What's, what's Lord mean? Anyone know what Lord means? I just said it. It means master. You are my master. You are my king. I will submit to your authority. What you tell me, I will do, even if I don't like it. A lot of the times, we fail at that. God says, um, give this person money. Uh, no, I need that. God says, move here. No, I don't really like that area. God says, get this house. No, I don't really like that house. God says, go witness to that person. No, they're going to say no anyway. They're not going to listen. That person, really? Like, seriously, they're going to listen? No, no, God, sorry. He is your authority, and you do what he tells you to do. Simple as that. Um, a lot of times, we like to take control and be a, the authority, and a lot of times, people think they can just jump into authority position and take over, but you really can't be an authority unless you are a servant first. You need to be willing to serve before you can boss everybody else around. Um, it's critical. You need to be a servant leader, and the only way you can get to servant leadership is by being a servant first. That's why it says servant leadership. Be a servant. Serve others. What, what did Jesus do the entire time he's on earth? He served. He washed people's feet. He helped people. He healed people. He was a servant. He had followers because at the same time he was a leader. He was a he was an awesome leader, a perfect example of what we should, should be. Should be. Um, a lot of times we have trouble just submitting to authority. Um, I, think, I think today um, it's, it's, really, it's really bad, especially in our culture, submitting to our political leaders, our teachers, our parents, our time. I guess you could say time is, you could say is an authority, and I'll explain that. 
back in Bible times when the New Testament was written, um, who, who knows who was in power during this time when the New Testament was written? Anybody? Romans. Romans. Nero. Did they love God? No. What did God say? Submit to him. They're your authority. I have put them there for a reason, and you will submit to them. You need to submit to them. They don't follow after me, but they're your leaders. You pray for them. I, don't, I think today we don't, I mean, Democrat, Republican, we don't like the leader that is chosen for office or the political leaders for the state or whatever. We just we bash them up one wall down the other. But they're our leaders, and we're called to pray for them, to love them, to respect them, and not trash them. Just because we don't like decisions we, they make is not an excuse to bash them. God put them there for a reason. God has it all in control, so why are we so worried? You're in Christ, and he's put them there. Trust God with the authority he has put in power. Parent, kids with your parents. How do you do with your parents? I moved out of my house about three years ago. It was a joyous time. Not going to lie. Awesome. Freedom. But I can truly say that I am grateful for what my, what my, the rules my parents put on me and how they raised me in the Lord. And you might say, you don't know my parents. They're idiots. My mom's crazy. My dad's nuts. I don't want to listen to them. Whether you agree with them or not, they're your authority and you need to listen to them. You're commanded to listen to them. Look at Jesus. God <laughs> obeyed his parents, paid his taxes, listened to the Roman government. But he was God. He made them. He put them in authority and he yet obeyed them. He obeyed his mother when he was a child. That'd be crazy. I can imagine that. Being the mom or dad of Jesus, that's creepy. That's scary. No, thank you. Um, yeah, the perfect child, but he knows exactly what you're thinking about him and all this stuff. I'd be like, no. <laughs> like, Mary, like Mary was like, what, 16? Around that age when Jesus was born-ish? Something? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. That's crazy. I can, I can imagine being that person. But he loved them. He obeyed them. He respected his authority. And that's God. And he calls us to. Only one time, I think, in Scripture, God talks about children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor them. And, I, and the funny thing is, we have to honor them our entire lives. Doesn't, we don't have to obey them. We have to honor them. How do you honor your parents when you're on your own? Respect. Respect love. The way you talk about your parents. How do you talk about your parents? You need to, you need to honor them. Um, Why am I not praying 
Exactly. I don't know. It's convicting. It's convicting to me, too. I, I trash Obama in front of my fiance all the time, <laughs> and it's kind of convicting. And uh, after looking at this, I'm like, wow, God put him there. Like Nate said, pray for him. He's human. Pray for him. He's, you're, you know, he's making decisions that run our country. You know, that's crazy. I couldn't do it. So pray for him. I want you guys to turn to Malachi chapter 3. Um, Malachi chapter 3, verses 6. Malachi is right before Matthew. Chapter 3. Did I say 6? My bad. Um, I want to give you a background about this. Malachi was a prophet from God. Um, what is going on here is basically uh, the Israelites um, are, I guess you could say, showing up for church, worshiping God, putting their hands up, doing all the religious things that are good on the outside, but inward, they... They don't really love God. They don't understand who He is. They don't. They're, they're robbing God. Basically, they think they can not tithe and give their contributions. And specifically, God is talking about their tithing and their contributions um, with their food. Because back then, a lot of times they were farmers. They their tithing was their food, or or their money, and were commanded by God to give. And God in this. Her, uh, particular passage is talking through Malachi, and this is what he says. Um, I'm just going to read it, and it is crazy. It's crazy, convicting. It says, "For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed." Wow, that's crazy. Long time ago, God made a promise to Israel. Good thing He did, or else God says I would have consumed you. What's consume? Get rid of. I mean, you saw that way back when Moses' time. He killed, what, 23,000 Israelites. Why? They weren't letting God be the authority. They were worshiping other gods. That, and he consumed them. The earth opened and they died. Crazy. God is a giver and taker of life. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say... How shall we return? We're cool. We're fine. We're doing everything that we need to do. We're going to church. We're, we're fellowshipping. We're, doing, we're legit. We're cool. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. This is Malachi, God speaking through Malachi. But you say, how have, you, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You're robbing me. You're not giving at all. At all. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into your storehouses, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down, pour down for you a blessing until, until there is no more, need, no more need, I will rebuke the de devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and the vine in your field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Not crazy. God told him, test me. God tells his children, test me. Basically, I dare you to test me. Give to me and watch what I do. Make me your authority and watch what I do. You're holding back. He wants everything you have. Yeah, he wants your worship. He wants you to give up your time to go to church, to fellowship, to be around believers, 
but I'm going to keep my money and I'm going to keep the things that you want me to give to you because they're really mine. No. God gave them to you. Who do you think you are to keep them? They're his anyway. So why are we keeping them? Why are we holding them back? God says, give them to me and watch me open up heaven and bless you. And then everyone can see that I'm the Lord and all the nations will call you blessed in the land of the delight. They'll know that, wow, they serve Jesus. So let's give everything to God. Let's make him the authority. God is your authority above all or he's not at all. So that's the only thing that we can test God in is in our giving. We don't test him in anything else. Yeah, it's dangerous. Don't mess with that, man. Like, God, do you understand who he is? Creator of the universe. And you're gonna you think you can like rob him? You know, finances is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Back when I was married, we, you know, wasn't making much money, but we had to pay tithes, and God always pulled through. Exactly. And I'm not trying to make Audrey and Aunt look like amazing people, even though they are, or put them on a pedestal. But I remember a while ago, um, there was this time where it's, it was really kind of a situation that sometimes we all run into, and Nate and Audrey had this cracked windshield, and uh, they didn't have a lot of money, and they're like. Well, I guess we're not tithing. But they're like, no, we, we have to tithe. We have to give to God. And this cracked windshield is in the line of sight. We're going to get a ticket for it. We're going to get pulled over, get charged. Who knows how much. But, God, we're just going to trust you. And we're going to give our money to you because it's yours anyway. This $250 um, price to fix their windshield. And I can't remember how soon after they prayed to, for God to provide, but... Within the next day, I know. Audrey was working at Speedy Specs. Some guy walks in with a $250 check and says, God told me to give this to you. That's God opening heaven and pouring down his blessing on you if you're willing to give to him. Give back all, everything that's already his. It's already his. All the money that your next paycheck, that's already his. What are we giving to God? I was going to mention up um, again how time can be your authority. Showing up late, um, I, I, <laughs> I've been getting way better at this, but it was really convicting because you are given a boss who gives you a time schedule, and he says, be here at this time, and you're always showing up late. And what's that, what's that show to, to the world, to your coworkers? It's not a good image of Jesus, I don't think. And it was really convicting for me. And it... It can be hard sometimes to understand that, but we're commanded um, to obey our authority. God is the authority above all or not at all. He's put people in authority positions, your, your bosses, whatever schedule they give you, listen to them. Your teachers, all, the, all you guys that go to school, do your homework. If you have homework, do it. The teacher gives you homework, do your homework. Be a good representation of Jesus. Jesus obeyed his parents, everybody that was in his authority position and your teachers are. And I, I was a bad example of that. So um, listen to your teachers. They're your authority. Go for it.
Yes, we're not an anti-Obama community group. No. That just happens. To be, it happens with every single president. But, yeah. Um, we're just using that as an example. Yeah, for sure. We don't hate Obama. But, um, yeah, we're commanded to pray for him and love him and respect him. Um, there was a TV show on where this guy was interviewing him and totally trashing him. Like, just totally trashing him. It was not too long ago. But it was bad. And, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's convicting. And I need to pray for my president. I need to love my president. And, like um, David said in the prayer request earlier, we have some leaders that are making some decisions for the state of Nevada. If we don't like them, get over it. Pray for them. God put them there. They're your authority. So I just challenge you guys as you're going out through this work week, uh, school, whenever that starts up again. I don't know when spring break's over. But next week, listen to your authority, teachers, bosses. Um, as simple as this, show up on time. Be there and spread Jesus because that's what we're here to do. And if we're listening to our authority and um, showing respect to them, that shows who we are in Christ. That's a, that's a huge example. So um, let's pray and we'll play some more music and we will eat some awesome food that I think's back there. Not sure. But let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for today, Lord. I pray that you'll be with everybody here, Lord. Thank you for those who came tonight. And I pray that you'll be with them this weekend as they um, go on to work and go into their homes, that they'll just be good examples for you, Lord, that um, they'll listen to their authority, Lord, and that they'll listen to you and what you have called them to do, Lord, because you're our ultimate authority, Lord. And I pray that you'll just be with us, protect us, um, keep the evil one away from us, Lord. And we just give you all the praise and glory in your name. Amen.